scripture memory yeah, verse tonight. Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 3, 7. Anybody else like to try? Proverbs 3, 7. It's a do not. That's, a, that's an interesting verse. So where do you go with that? Do not. Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 3, 7. Good job. Anybody else? Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 3, 7. Good job. Anybody else? Read it. Know it. Share it. I remember this in the memory verse, but I don't have it memorized. I think it's uh, Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. What's the rest of it? Fear. Okay. Fear what? The Lord. Okay. Fear the Lord. And depart. Okay. Be not, Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 3, 7. Good job, Ray. Thank you. And you said you didn't have a memory. That was a good job. Yeah. Anybody else want to try? Well, you helped me. <laughs> good job. Good job. Anybody else want to try? Want to read it? Where's it at? Oh, good job. Yeah, I I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, even though I could spend hours on this. Uh, I want to go back and I'm going to read, but I want you to take note of um, verses 5, verse 7, and verse 9. Notice this. There's a progression. Verse 5, trust in the Lord. We're going to come back to it. Verse 7, fear the Lord. See, because if you trust the Lord, you'll learn the fear of the Lord, which is to reverence Him, because there is no wisdom or counsel against Him. But then what does 9 say? Honor the Lord. See that progression? You trust the Lord, you learn to fear the Lord, and as you learn to fear the Lord, you honor the Lord in all, with all your possessions. Or the King James says, with all your substance. It's, it's talking about with all of your possessions, though. It's really talking about your wealth. So let's go back, though. I just want you to see that progression just to touch on it. There's three of them there. Trust, fear, and honor. All of those things happen in the life of a believer that believe in the Lord. Now let's read again. Let's start it and just get context. And we'll just start in verse 1, even though the chapters are not always... Um, perfect um, it's a father speaking to a son my son do not forget my law but let your heart keep my commands notice where he's looking to 
He's looking to pierce the heart, the middle of us. He's looking at the heart. It's the heart that matters the most. It's the heart where we go astray. Uh, for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. His law, his commands, his words, his precepts, they will add length of days and long life and they will give you peace. This is added to you. Three, let not mercy and truth forsake you. See, because we, we want God's mercy. But we also should be extenders of God's mercy. And truth. Truth is a person. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Now notice, he's talking about like it's, a, it's, cost, it's like jewelry. Bind them around your neck like it's hanging around your neck. This is what people should see when they see you. It should be, it should be the word of God, the law of God, the commands of God, the mercy of God. This is what's hanging here like a necklace on you when they see you. They don't see your, your outer appearance, but they see the heart of you. This is what we want to look at. And write them on the tablet of your heart, memorizing them, letting them train your heart, letting them add to you life. So you're seeing all of this as part of dealing with the heart. And he speaks of the heart a lot because it's in your heart you need to trust him. It's in your heart you need to fear him. It's in your heart that you need to honor him. It's in our heart that we need to hide the word of God and treasure it knowing that there's no wisdom or counsel against it, and then also understanding that there's so much the enemy is doing to try to get you to turn your heart toward his lies. And, and if you're not studying the Word of God, learning the Word of God, trusting in God, uh, and, and, and um, fearing God and honoring God, then you begin to go, oh, no, I do like that. And you begin to look in other places and let those things fill your heart instead of, God filling your heart. Now, what happens if you do this? What happens if you write them on the tablet of your heart? Look what it says in verse 4. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Notice it doesn't say in the sight of man and God. God has to come first. So you always want to be pleasing to God. If you please men after being pleasing to God, then great. Maybe they love God also. But if you try to become a man pleaser, you'll never be pleasing to God. And, of course, we know that Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, for you first must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what if all of this would be considered diligently seeking him? You're going to learn the word. You're going to, uh, you're going to learn the law, the commands. You're going to, you're going to look at this as, as what happens when you diligently seek him by faith. And then... It's going to be knowing that he sees you. It, it really, the sight of God is favor of God. His eyes upon you is his favor. And then what you say in five, and this is probably one of the most memorized scripture uh, uh, that you're ever going to see. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Most of us could quote it if I ask you to quote it. Uh, but it's our first statement that what happens when we get into the word of the law, the law of God, we're, we're looking to have our heart uh, changed. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths or he shall make your paths straight or smooth. If you have a note in your Bible on that, the NIV does that. I don't like the NIV uh, uh, very much. I call it the nearly inspired version. But it <laughs> says, I like this text where it says, he will make your paths straight. 
because that's what we want. We want to make straight paths for our feet. So let's look at this just for a minute. Trust is the word batak. It, it's related to the word faith of the New Testament or like it. So we're going to have confidence in the Lord. Let's look. Trust. It means to hide for refuge. I mean, he's where our strength comes from. We're hiding in him. We're trusting in him. We're making, being confident or sure in him. Putting all of our hope and all of our trust in God. That's what he's saying here. It's with all of your heart. All of your heart. Do you hear me? And that's a really difficult thing because there's recesses and there's places that his light needs to shine in. And you go, oh, Lord, don't go in that room of my heart. Don't go in that room. Don't go in that place. Lord, I'm going to hang on to that one for a minute. And he wants all of our heart. You don't need a calculator to know that that means every bit of your heart. Now, how, how do we do that? Listen, he's going to give us the answer right here. The Bible doesn't just, just say no, but it always, when it corrects, it tells you how to stand back up again. The Word of God, it says, and he says, and lean not on your own understanding. Listen, if you're leaning on your own understanding, you're not trusting God with all your heart. It's very important. Do not lean on your own understanding. It means to support one's self. Listen to me. You don't want to support yourself. You can't support yourself. You'll end up in a ditch. It means uh, to rest or, or to pose confidence in self. We don't want to put any confidence in self. Don't have any confidence in the flesh. It will lead you astray. Do not lean on it like a cane, like a walking stick. See, we want God's word to be what we lean on. We want his truth to be what we lean on. What is supporting us, what is carrying us. So lean not on thy own understanding. Now, I don't know if you know it, but that word understanding there, nice word, but it actually means thine own wisdom. I think it should have been translated thy own wisdom because we have an earthly, central, demonic wisdom of what we think we learn, our own intellect, what we think we know. I got this one figured out, God. Get out the way. And, and we have our own wisdom. And he's saying, don't do that. You want to trust uh, in me, and, and that'll make more sense when we get to verse 7, and he says, uh, do not be wise in your own eyes. So you're not leaning on your own wisdom. What I've learned, i got a little intellect here, and in my years of experience, listen to me, in my years of experience, don't trust in anything but the Lord. Don't fear anything but the Lord. Don't honor anything but the Lord. And always know that but for the grace of God, there go I. Because it's only the keeping grace of God that keeps us in the place of blessing, in the place of privilege, and keeps us from falling. It's not our own strength. So when you begin to lean on past testimony, lean on your own understanding, your own wisdom, you are in trouble at the heart of your own Christian walk. And really, the word there for understanding can mean to, uh, it's from a word that means to separate mentally or discern, and it means your own mark. It means your own mark. Do not lean on your own mark. This is my mark. This is my standard of wisdom. This is my standard of intellect. This is my standard of how people should live. Don't lean on that mark. It's a dangerous mark to make up your own religion and your own standards. 
We need to have the standard of God's word, his law, his commands, his mercy, his truth. See, a lot of the apostasy that's happened in the church today is because of people leaning on their own dress codes, their own buildings, their own way of formal religious worship. And then they look at everybody else like, well, you're not even saved. You don't even know what you're doing. And, and, and they're putting religious, rigid standards upon people that the Bible does not put upon them. The Bible tells them to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised you from the dead and you shall be saved, delivered to safety. And if that happens, then the Holy Spirit comes in and he's the one in charge of undressing you and then dressing you in the clothing of Christ. Not the religious authority and the elders and the people of the church that are not following the word of God. But they quickly take and make up their own little religious standards and then they become apostate because they block everybody out that's not doing what they say, what they feel, what they've been trained to do. But it's not trained by the spirit, it's trained by the flesh. We have to be very, very careful because apostasy is steeped in the devil creeping in and then teaching you to do something that's not the mercy and truth of God. And then you try to apply that standard to everybody else. Very, very dangerous. So trust in the Lord, Jehovah, with all of your heart. And listen, this is something that's a process. Lord, I trust you, but my heart is still looking other places. Can you help me? You cry out to him. You learn to lean upon him. And not on your own wisdom. Surrender completely. Then he again uses the word all. In six. In all your ways. In all of your paths. In all the places you go. In all the things that you do. In all the trodden pathways. Acknowledge him. And this is. This is the word yada, yada. Remember that? That's where that comes from. When people say yada, yada, it means you know. It means to know. Listen, so listen to what he should say. In all your ways, know him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, and Jesus Christ, your son, whom you've sent. This is eternal life. Yada, yada. You know the thing. No, no. Learn it in your heart. Learn it in your heart because out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to me. Out of the abundance of heart, you want to know where somebody's heart's at, look at what they're saying. Look at what's coming out of the overflow. Look what they say when they're, they hit the wrong nail with the hammer. Look at what comes out of the overflow of the heart and it'll tell you a good representation of where people are at in their Christian walk. And it will also tell you who they're trusting in, who they're fearing, and who they're honoring. By the words they speak, by the life they live, nobody's perfect, but we are supposed to be being perfected. In all your ways, know Him. Him who? Him who is able. In all your ways. Trust the Lord, fear the Lord, and honor the Lord. And what will he do? What is the promise of God? What is the promise of the word of God? And he, Jehovah, shall direct 
your paths. Listen to me. God will direct your paths. And, and really, it means to make straight or to make prosperous or take you the straight way. It's a promise from God. It's a promise from God. I don't know if you guys remember the, if I've ever shared it with you, but there was a, a pig and a chicken underneath the Denny's sign, and they said, let's have breakfast. He said, let's have breakfast. I got a, I got a good idea. Uh-huh. You know what? We'll have ham and we'll have eggs. And the pig says, oh, no, no, no. Because with, you, with me, it's, it's complete sacrifice. With you, you're just having involvement. All you're doing is involved in the breakfast. I got to die. Listen to me. Are you the pig or are you the chicken? Are you just involved with God and having a meal? Or are you completely sacrificed, a living sacrifice where you're all in? You're a living sacrifice. You know it takes death. And I would urge you, I would plead with you, I would beseech you, therefore, brethren, considering the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, just a little bit of involvement, a little religion, a little bit of rules. Do not be conformed to this world, a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you may prove You'll become the evidence of that good and perfect will of God. What is it? That men would be saved. That men would follow him. That men would fear him. That men would trust him and fear him and honor him and worship him in spirit and truth. I think that's amazing, personally. And all we have to do is trust him because he's already done it. He wants to do it and he's going to do it. He, in fact, promises in Philippians 1, Six, I am confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And then, of course, our memory verse, verse 7. You have to speak to yourself and say, do not be wise in your own eyes. Wise, again, is intelligent, it's skillful, it's artful, it's cunning, it's, it's subtle, it's wise-hearted or knowing. Listen, you want to know Him. You don't want to know how to do things unless you find them out through Him because you could be following the wrong path and go, I know, let me do it, I'm the show answer man here. Do you know God? Do not be wise. Listen, if you have skills... If you have talents and abilities, if you're capable of doing something, give the Lord the glory. Give God the glory. In fact, do not be wise. Where is it first used at in the entire Bible, this word? You know where it's first used at? When Joseph is in prison in Egypt. And finally they remember him. And Pharaoh has a dream about the skinny cows and the fat, or the fat cows and the skinny cows. Remember that? And they bring, oh, I, I remember now, oh, king, my mistake. I forgot there's a, there's a young Israelite man in prison, and he can interpret dreams. Because when me and the baker were in there, he told us. And they said, bring him here. Clean him up. Bring him in. This is where it was first used at. Where is it? It's in Genesis 
41.16. Let's just look at it. The first time it's used, because I want you to understand that if you're skillful, if you're artful, if you're intelligent, if you have a one brain cell to work on, you should give God glory for it, because he's the only reason we live, move, and breathe. And it says, Joseph, and he comes out, he said to Pharaoh, I'm just going to give you the answer. He answered Pharaoh, saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Listen, he didn't say, yeah, I've been known to be pretty skillful in some dream interpretation. When I was a young man, I had a dream, and I told the boys to bow down to me. See, he's learned a lot. And he goes, God will give Pharaoh an answer. And he always lifts the Lord up, and he always says the Lord. And it's very important that we would have the Lord and Jesus on our tongue. And and you know why? Because you can listen to whole sermons sometimes of some pastors, and I'm not being mean, and they never mention the name of Jesus. They might talk about the Bible, but they never mention Jesus' name. And he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. It's the first time this is used in this situation. Of course, I forgot where it was used at. Do not be wise in your own eyes. I looked it up, and somewhere here is the word wise. Oh, you know where it's at? It's, uh, it's uh, I'm sorry. Um, he gives him counsel uh, to put somebody wise and knowing uh, in verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man. That's the first place that it's used, wise but he, it was because Pharaoh pointed back, or excuse me, uh, Joseph pointed back to God. And then what happened? The Lord lifted him up. He found favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And they made him number two in the kingdom and gave him the signet ring and said, nothing will be withheld from you. And what did he do? The same lying thing that they're doing right now in the world. The government is lying and storing away food, and they're creating seven years of famine, and they want to be the saviors. They're creating all this havoc. They're storing the food away. They're putting it up in semis and traveling it to places, and they're putting it up. And this is provable information. I'm not making it up. They're creating a crisis in order to be the savior, because you know what? People will obey, and I'll talk about this more in our Bible study, People will obey if their bellies are hungry. People will obey the person with the dangling carrot, with the food in hand, with the cheese lines going. Be careful, guys, because I'm going to trust in the Lord and fear the Lord and honor the Lord, even if it causes us to die. So, do not be wise in your own eyes own eyes is in outward appearance, in your own countenance, in your knowledge, or, or in your own sight. Fear. Fear is morally to revere. Morally to revere. Listen, fear makes people move, doesn't it? But what are we led by? We're led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. So we revere God and listen to what His Word says. And we say, since we fear you, Lord, we want to be led by your Spirit, Lord. We're not going to fear when we look over here by sight and see this going on. We're going to keep our eyes fixed like flint toward you, Lord, and what the Spirit is doing. And we're not going to get involved in in this physical battle. 
It means to, to morally reveal or revere. Caustically, it's to frighten. So we know if we use that and cause uh, or so, by a cause, there's there's true fear. If you was going down a dark alley and somebody pulls out a gun and says, uh, give me all your money, there might be a reason for apprehension and fear, but then you need to act with wisdom by trusting the Lord and say, what do I do, Lord? Because you might be called to run. You might be called to say, in the name of Jesus, you get away from me. You might be called to give them your money. That would be a smart thing to do. Now, you might know judo. I don't know. You might grab the gun and flip the barrel around and go, I want your money. You know, you might be... I don't know, but I would uh, give him my money and go, my money ain't worth dying for, so uh, I'm going to give it to you. Anyway, there's, there is reason sometimes to be afraid, and that's the fear of the Lord is something that grows. Trust in the Lord grows, but this is where we need to be. Trusting the Lord grows, fearing the Lord grows, and honoring the Lord grows. We learn how to do that. We begin to trust Him, but we really don't know how, so we grow in it. And then fearing him you may have gotten saved and feared him because you're like i don't want to go to hell and he opened your eyes because you didn't want to go to hell and that fear was a little bit different than now to revere him because he opened your blind eyes but if we truly revere him as lord what will we do depart from Evil. Now, why are we even at this verse? Because we see the testimony some 26, 30 times in, in 2 Kings, where we're at in 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles. He did the evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father did. Our memory verse last week, uh, 2 Kings 23, 32. The testimony of kings, God's people that were ruling God's nation and telling God's people what to do. They did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that their fathers had done. And so we're supposed to trust the Lord. And if we're going to trust the Lord, then we should fear the Lord. And if we fear the Lord, we should depart from evil. If we revere him, if we respect him, if we see that he's trustworthy, we should depart. And it means to turn off of that path of evil, to turn away from it, to turn to God. And stop listening to evil. To, to revolt against. Or it can mean to take off. Withdraw from evil. Which is wickedness, wretchedness, hurtfulness. Well, what if we do that, Greg? Well, tell, he tells you in verse 8 what he does. He makes you whole. New beginning. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Isn't that amazing? And then he goes, as you, as, you, as you grow, and then he goes, honor the Lord with all your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. One of the scriptures that I memorized years ago, an amazing scripture, where we follow this three-step progression. I've used that your clock over again. Where we trust in the Lord, and then we fear the Lord, and we learn to honor the Lord. And the word honor means... To make weighty. The word honor means to, to promote. The word honor means to glorify. That we give weight to who the Lord is as we morally revere Him. So I would say, do not be wise in your own eyes. 
Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The Lord teach us to fear. And I can take you to Genesis 22. And this is what Mike Abney used to tell me all the time. My Bible study later. He said, I can teach you what fear is. It's to obey. Because in Genesis 22, you have Abraham who has a son that he waited for the son of promise. And God tells him, take your only son, Isaac, to a place that I will show you. It's a three-day journey. He said, take him up and sacrifice him on the hill. And when Abraham had given his whole heart to God, he lifted up that knife. I'm giving you the short version. And Jesus said from the thicket, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He said, do not lay a hand on the lad. For now I know you fear God. When you're willing to do anything that the Lord tells you to do, regardless if you understand it, as long as it lines up with the character and the nature of the Lord, that's the fear of the Lord, to obey God, to obey His Word, regardless of what anybody else says. He didn't sacrifice Him, but the New Testament gives the testimony that He did. Because in His heart, He let go of that Son who had the wood on his back. And we have a picture of the father with the son on Calvary, Jesus the Christ dying for us. And that's the Lord that we trust in, the, the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He was in the beginning. He is in the end. He's outside of time, and he loves us with a never-ending love, which is amazing. So next week, your verse is, Another one of my favorite ones, we're going to go to Psalms 1, Psalms 1, verse 6. Psalms 1, 6, this whole Psalms is one of my favorite Psalms, it really gets you started. It's got a threefold also in it. Here we have uh, trust, fear, and honor, but in Psalms 1 you have walking, standing, and sitting. It's a progression of life. You walk with. Who you're walking with, you end up standing with, and then you end up sitting with. So we want to walk with the righteous. But but uh, verse 6, 1, 6 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It ends in death. One day it will end. Okay? That's your verse for next week. Write it down. Memorize it. Psalms 1-6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you.